Good morning. It is so good to be with you, and it is good for us to be together, to worship God, to praise His name, and to edify each other in the songs that we sing, the prayers that we offer, and the words that we share. In Romans chapter 5, which we've already read a little bit this morning at the beginning of our assembly, reminds us that the peace and hope with God is attainable. Peace and hope with God is attainable, and it's attainable through grace and faith. God has provided a way, he's provided a means by which that we can have the hope of glory. And that means involves that we must follow God's way, that we must obey Jesus Christ, that we must do according to God's ordained works. And so the grace of God in which we stand presently in does not remove hardships, though. The grace of God does not remove personal accountability. There is a great spiritual necessity to mature in godly attributes so that we are securely anchored to this one hope of God in Christ Jesus. This year, we have each month been examining different attributes, different spiritual traits which we all need and which we can improve in. And so today, we want to talk about the admonition of retaining spiritual constancy. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, constancy simply means that which is unchanging. Or another word for that is resoluteness, or even the idea of firmness of mind or firmness of purpose. Bible words which depict this, that describe this particular spiritual trait that is so important, that's so vital and so necessary, if we're going to walk in the Lord and abide in his light, are words like patience and perseverance, endurance or steadfastness. For example, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 11 We see the Apostle Paul in writing to the evangelist Timothy, and he is commanding him to pursue patience. In verse 11, he says, O man of of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, there's our word, and gentleness. Peter also talks about how we are to add patience or add perseverance once we've added Virtue and knowledge and self-control. The characteristic of patience or the characteristic of perseverance is not something, it's not an attribute that is automatically a strong suit within us just because we are believers. Or just because we've been baptized in Jesus Christ, well then suddenly I have all the patience in the world that I need. Well, no, that just doesn't happen that way. Just like babies that have to grow and learn, so we too must, as born-again ones, learn and grow in Christ so that we reflect the fact that we 
are born of God. And so as, as men of God and women of God equipped for good works, patience, patience needs to be earnestly, earnestly sought after. In, for example, in 1 Corinthians, you know, 1 Thessalonians, excuse me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, there as the Apostle Paul writes to the church, there he actually compliments, he commends the Christians in that city for their patience or for their perseverance. In verse 2 he says, we give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind, now listen, your work of faith and your labor of love and steadfastness. There's our word. Steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. This Greek word that we're talking about, you know, that is translated, you know, sometimes as perseverance or, or endurance or uh, any of the other words like patience, carries with it the idea of literally meaning an abiding under or staying. And so it carries with it the idea of waiting. That's part of the, the idea of patience or perseverance. There's a, a waiting aspect to this. But it's so much more than simply accepting the inevitable. You know, I'm just going to wait because it's, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Well, that's not really what God is talking about when we are exhorted to add patience or pursue perseverance. What it's really about is the idea of bravely bearing with and contending for something. And Jesus Christ is the perfect, perfect example of that. Here, you, know, you think about Christ, the Son of God. Here is one who was fully and continually submitting to the divine will. Every day in his life on earth, he fully and continually submitted to his Father's will, while at the same time, he kept constant command over his own passions, as well as he bore with, he was bearing with the ongoing trials that were all part of his purpose of coming. Jesus is the perfect example of one who bravely bore with various things in life and contended for things as well. And so we are admonished, for example, in the New Testament, that we are to add this character, this, this quality to our life. We're to grow in it. We're, going to, we're Actually, we're to pursue it. And so we're going to put, we need to focus on this, and we need to really run after it. So we achieve, we grasp this particular trait in our life. And so it is something that is attainable. This idea of patient continuance, it is attainable, but it's attainable with personal effort. It's not just going to happen to you. You're going to have to do something in your life to grow in patience. You're going to have to do something to grow with this idea of perseverance and endurance. In Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, reading there verses 9 through 12, listen to what the Apostle Paul has to say to the Christians in Colossae about their life as Christians and their you know, maturing process. 
So beginning in the ninth verse of Colossians 1, it reads, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Patience is attainable. Perseverance is attainable, but it's attainable with effort on our part. Now, you and I may, from time to time, ask God to help us in our prayers and our petitions to heaven's throne. We may ask God to help us with patience, to increase our patience. But you are not going to be endowed with that perfect patience without you taking proper actions. You're going to have to do something right to increase in perseverance, to grow in endurance. You're going to have to cultivate this spiritual ability uh, for bravely bearing with the contending for. That is, you're going to have to stay on the right path when the journey gets tough. When things really get hard, you're going to have to stay on the right path no matter what. Well, how do we do that? I think this text in Colossians 1 begins to give us some insight to this challenge, the spiritual challenge that is attainable in our life as Christians. And the first thing you see in the words of the Apostle Paul as he's directed and guided by the Holy Spirit is that you know, Christians, what they need to do, they need to grow in the knowledge of God's will. You see that in verse 9. You know, we're praying for you. We, we mention you in our prayers constantly. And then the first thing he says that you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. He says, we're praying that you're going to grow in knowledge. Now, they, are, they, they know God. They know the Lord. They know the one faith. But they need to keep growing in that. Now, the scriptures are pretty plain to tell us that God has spoken to us in these last days through his son, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, verse 2. Paul makes the statement in Romans 1.16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Why is that? Because it is God's power. The gospel of Christ is God's power. It's not man's power. It is God's power to all those who believe. It will save them. And when, if we have humble hearts, receive that word and allow it to be implanted in us, James 1.21, it will save us. And so we need to grow in this. Why is that? Because it is the word of God, it is the word of Christ, it is the sword of the Holy Spirit. But how are we going to grow in this? Well, that comes to the idea of the effort that we must implement. We're going to have to put forth some effort. We're going to put forth some diligence on our part. You know, if we're going to grow in knowledge, we're going to add to the knowledge that we already have of God and of Christ and of the truth. I'm going to have to work at that. And you see that, for example, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, he says, Study to show yourself approved. Give diligence to prove yourself a workman of God. Not ashamed, 
Well, so there's this idea of diligence and effort. Or over in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, where it talks about as newborn babes. What are we, what are we supposed to do? Well, at, at, like babies, he says, you need to long for. You need to long for the pure milk of the word so that you may grow in respect to salvation. I need to long for it. I need to want it so bad that I I am going to give diligence. I'm going to put forth effort on my part to learn more, to understand more. And so if I'm going to increase in patience, if I'm going to increase in perseverance, this idea of, of being you know, one who bravely bears with circumstances and situations or contends for something of value. Well, I need to be one who, first of all, is growing in the word of the Lord. Growing in God's word. Why is that? Because the time comes that you're going to have to remember you're going to have to remember God's word. You're going to have to remember God's commandments. You're going to have to remember God's promise, particularly when you are in those moments of danger. When things get really hard and your faith is being tested, you know, your, your desires are being tempted, you're going to have to remember God. So you need to know, first of all, God. You need to know God's word. You need to go know God's will. So that you will remain resolute under fire. And so in first Peter, excuse me, second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two. No, excuse me, three. Second Peter chapter three, verse two. He says, He says, I'm writing the second time to you, verse one, to stir up your mind as a way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. And then he goes on, and know this, verse 3, in the last days there will be mockers. You know, difficult days are coming. Hard times will happen. And he says, you need to to grow in the word of the Lord. You need to grow in God's will. Why is that? So you can remember... God, you can remember God's word in those difficult days, in those hard times, so that you can remain resolute, you can remain firm in mind and firm in purpose, so you stay on track in the Lord. But that's not all that Paul expresses here in Colossians chapter 1. He also says that you need to live in such a way that you continually bear good fruits. You're staying on this right path of bearing fruits to God is not always so easy, is it? And why is that? Well, because there's distractions in life. There are hurdles in life. And then there is just times when we are weary. Weariness sometimes begins to take a toll on us, not just physically, but spiritually. And all of those things can affect our spiritual productivity. And so Paul Paul says, 
you know, to, in order to attain this patience, to attain this perseverance he talks about in Colossians 1, he says, first of all, you need to grow in the knowledge of God's will, and you need to live in a manner that you continually bear fruit. It takes no patience, it takes no perseverance, it takes no endurance to be unfruitful. You don't have to do anything to be unfruitful. And unfruitfulness in the Lord is unacceptable. You're familiar with the passage in John 15 when Jesus says, I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, and he says, and you are the branches. What do he say about those branches that are connected to that vine? Well, those that are not bearing fruit, he says, I'm going to cut off and throw into the fire. And so unfruitfulness is unacceptable. That's the broad path. That's the wide gate that the majority enter in. But our calling in Christ, our calling in Christ is one where we are to be a people that are producing fruit. You're familiar with Luke's account of the parable of the sower, as we so often describe. In Luke chapter 8, Matthew talks about this as well. But in Luke chapter 8, verse 15, he says, The seed and the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast. Is that where it stops? No, that's not where it stops at all. The good soul is those, and that is the good hearts are those. Yes, they've heard the word. They received that word, and they are holding it. They they are not letting go of God's word and bear fruit with, what does it say? Patience, perseverance. Steadfastness. It's not just about, oh, I'm going to wait and you know, let what happen, whatever happens. No, he says, perseverance has all this idea of contending for things and bravely bearing things. It involves work on our part. You know, the idea of holding firmly to God's inspired word implies I put it to work. I put it to practice. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it talks about how we are God's workmanship in Christ for good works. Why has God created us anew through His Son, Jesus Christ? So that we will serve Him, so that we will do the good things that we have been called to do in God. This takes patient continuance. It's the idea of keep on keeping on bearing fruit. Now, what are some examples of us doing that? The idea of of some of these ongoing works. Well, in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6 talks about speech. It talks about your words, your, your manner of communication. Well, this is part of your good works, and this is part of this ongoing can, you know, continual, patient fruit bearing when he says, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always. There's patience. There's perseverance. 
You've got to let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. So one example of us patiently continuing as a fruit bearer in Christ for God is that I need to widely speak with grace to outsiders every day. Every day, I need to wisely speak with grace because that's what we've been called to do. Another example, look over in Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, verses 1 and 2. Now, the, you know, these examples are just an illustration. It is not all, all consuming, all encompassing things that we are called to do as Christians. But here are just a few to illustrate that. In the 13th chapter, and you read the first two verses of that chapter. It says, let love of the brethren continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing. What else should we do besides every day speak with grace from our lips? Well, something I said, okay, I need to lovingly show hospitality to strangers. I need to lovingly show hospitality to strangers. Get the point? Not just those that we're already close with, not just those that we already know, not just those who are our best friends, not just those who are our family. No, let, let the love of the brethren continue and do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. One more example. You go back to Romans, Romans chapter 12. Where it says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So always overcome evil with goodness. Does this take patient continuance? Does this involve effort on our part? Where it it, it calls upon us to persevere and endure and be steadfast? Yes. You know, this, this is not easy stuff to do. And yet, this is what we're called to do. We're called to be people who display ongoing good fruits because of who we are every day of our life. And so we need to look to the examples of God's word to help us do that. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul actually commends the evangelist Timothy, for being one who had learned from him. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse, you know, verse you know, 10 and 11, he says, Now you followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, persecutions and suffering, such as happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord rescued me. He says, Timothy, you have been a good student. You have been a good learner, a good disciple, because you have followed not just his teaching. He says, not only have you followed the teaching, the instruction I gave you, he says, you have also followed my example, my purpose, my patience, my perseverance. Timothy was a good student, and Paul was the kind of disciple 
whose faith in every circumstance proved to be resolute, firmly resolute to the Lord. Think about all the things that happened to the Apostle Paul. He persevered, he endured, he remained steadfast, he was patient. He was patient. He bravely bore good fruits. He bravely bore trials. And he contended for the one faith and the salvation of others constantly. The scriptures are actually replete with all kinds of examples and lessons of patience and perseverance. And the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 15 simply very quickly says you know, that uh, these scriptures are there for our learning. For, and one of the things we need to be learning is this very thing. He says, whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. And so all of it is, is important for us to study. It's written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might hope, have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so yes, we are commanded to add patience or perseverance to faith. We're to pursue it with a zeal and an earnestness. And, and so we clearly see it is, it is a quality, it is a character of God that is attainable, but that means I've got to work at it. And so I look to the men and women of old, and I see how they remain steadfastly constant in their faithfulness, and I try to emulate that in my walk as well. And so there are any number of examples that you could turn to, such as Noah or Job or Abraham or even Hosea and Jeremiah, talking about steadfastness and patience under trial. Great men of faith who are exemplary of what it means to be one who abides under and stays with God. Or in the New Testament, Stephen, the first recorded martyr for Christ. Or Aquila, or Paul, John, or even Antipas, that great witness that is written and told about in the book of Revelation. These are examples for us, not just to find interesting stories, but for us to learn from their faith what it takes to persevere what it means to be patient, what it means to be steadfast in faith. But trials are necessary. Trials are necessary if we're going to learn to have greater patience, greater perseverance. In James 1, verse 2, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Just think about that idea, developing and refining your patient endurance through trials, through difficulties, through hardships. And the Holy Spirit says through his servant James, and we're to consider these kind of things as a joyful moment. I don't know about you, but that's a tough one. That's a tough one to swallow, isn't it? 
That's a hard one to learn. To be, to be joyful to think about your, your, you know, to your, your, your trials as a joyful thing. To feel that, that emotionally that you feel, oh, I love this. I just, I, I'm just loving this trial. To actually do this. To always consider it a joy when we encounter various trials in life. That's hard. It's hard. But it's necessary. Trials of faith are necessary lessons if we're going to develop greater patience. If we're going to refine the patience that we already have. If we're going to grow it and make it stronger. Trials are necessary. The church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, verse 3 is actually commended. It talks about how they steadfastly endured you know, for Christ's name's sake and did not grow weary. They're, that's one of the strengths they had was their perseverance, their endurance, their patience in their walk with Christ. They weren't perfect, and they had other things they needed to change and repent of and, and, and work on, but in this area, they were commended. And so when, when those temptations are intensely tugging at you, or when opposition's threats have escalated, it is in those difficult moments, it is in those difficult moments that we must keep constant command of our own fleshly desires and we must continually bear with those ungodly persecutions. It is in the heat of our battles that we must be resolutely strong. It is in the heat of our battles that we must be Courageous in pressing upward toward Christ. The faith of our brethren of long ago in the city of Thessalonica did that. They they retained, they kept a spiritual constancy even in the midst of persecution. You will turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. As Paul is giving his introduction and begins with a commendation. You know, as you look here in, uh, excuse me. No, that's not that. That's not one. Second Thessalonians you know, chapter one, verse three and four. He says, "We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged, and the love of each one of you toward one another grows ever greater." You know, therefore, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God. Listen, for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure. These were exemplary brethren of what it took to grow and increase in patience. They remain true, they remain faithful, they remain strong, they bore with, they contended for, even in the midst of persecutions, many persecutions, all kinds of persecutions, afflictions, which they were enduring. And this church, at the time that Paul actually writes it, was a very young church. 
It had not been around that many years. And here are these babes in Christ being thrown into the midst of the fire and they're proving themselves faithful because they patiently endured. Let us close with a passage in Romans chapter 8. And it's the idea of patience is that which busily waits for the hope of eternal life. In Romans chapter 8, in verse 24 and 25, he says, For in hope we have been saved. In hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, with perseverance, we eagerly wait for it. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it begins by giving us those encouraging words where it says, For those in Christ Jesus, those abiding Christ, there is no condemnation. With forgiveness comes eternal life's promise. And all those who abide in Christ, those who are walking in Christ, he says, you know, there is no condemnation for them. And so then, as he continues to admonish them in this chapter, he then comes to these verses, verse 24, 25, and talks about the hope that they have, the hope of eternal life. And he says, and it's with perseverance, we are eagerly waiting for it. Our spiritual wait for heaven, our spiritual wait for eternal life is an active wait. It is a weight with perseverance. It is a weight of seeking and it is a weight of doing good in God's eyes with steadfastness, with endurance on the good days as well as the bad days. Immortal glory and immortal peace are reserved for whom? It's reserved for Christians who persevere, who endure who continue patiently in Christ, who constantly do good by obeying the truth and obeying his righteousness. So yes, we are waiting, but it's not just waiting for the inevitable. We are waiting bravely as we bear with and contend for truth and righteousness and salvation and even our eternal home in heaven. So as we think about the theme this year of maturing Spiritually more so as God's people. May we retain greater spiritual constancy. May we, with clarity and determination, may we all patiently persevere. Patiently persevere, how? By walking worthy of the calling with which we have been called. And the gospel is calling you even today, calling you to call upon the name of the Lord. For all those who have called upon the name of the Lord in obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ, all of those walk in the light and abide in the light. And they have that hope of glory, that hope of peace. But they wait with perseverance. Patiently continuing in the good works to which we have been called. Bearing with the trials and the oppositions and the persecution that come with seeking God's righteousness. But if you're not in Christ, if you've not called upon the name of the Lord in obedience to his gospel, 
And that hope is not your hope yet. But the Lord wants you to have it. He wants you to be able to grasp that hope and make it your own. But you must come to Him in faith, confessing that you believe Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of God. And with that confession, repent of your sins and be buried with Jesus in baptism, immersed in the watery grave of baptism, so that God may raise you up to walk in His life, having your sins been cleansed by the power of Christ's sacrifice so long ago. Will you do that today? If you're not a Christian, will you call upon Him today? And put Christ on so you may have hope of heaven. If you are a Christian, but perhaps in your walk you have strayed, you have become entangled with the world, and you need to make that right with the Lord. You need to turn in, in penitence away from your sin. You need to come back to the Lord. If we can assist you in any way, praying for you, praying with you, whatever your spiritual need may be, we invite you as well, come forward, make your wishes known while we stand and sing the song that's been selected.